Steve, I, I forgot to text you yesterday. I apologize. I'm a bad co-host. Happy birthday. How old oh, are you thank now? You. 53. 53? Old oh. enough to be your father. 53. Wow. wow. Look at that. Um, here's my question for you, Steve. It, uh, I have a January birthday, so it, it, it gets tough, but it's certainly not as tough as having a December week of Christmas birthday. Is that, was that tough growing up as a kid? Did you did you feel like yeah. you did weren't getting the gifts? No, like, do you I feel like spoiled, so no. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> I was just curious. No, my, I, don't, I, don't, I, I was. No, my, I don't think so. My I, cousin has a birthday on would be I guess Thursday this week, and she's always felt like she's gotten the short end of the stick because like, you know. So yeah, I feel like like my brother's is is the twentieth, so his is a, a day closer. Um, I think beyond that, like. Yeah, it'd probably be really tough. I mean, the week of it wasn't so bad. And I guess you know, birthday parties, I guess, whatever else. It was always kind of low-key. Um, but no, I don't feel like I got okay. shafted screwed over. You know. Anyways, this is our weekly therapy session with uh, there you go. Steve. Uh, hey, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. With Steve. Steve, we have, we've got a, a number of things to talk about um, as I look through, through my text here with you. Um, we've got a new defensive coordinator to, to discuss. I want to discuss also the hoopla, if that's the correct word, around recruiting day. And, and maybe we can just kind of banter about that because I, I don't have strong opinions, but I have some opinions. Um, and then we, we, we would be remiss to not talk about Urban Meyer um, and how funny that is. And then uh, I, I have a little homework for you that I, I, I think you can think you've prepared well for I've, I've prepared well for and it relates to the holiday season so i'm excited you're excited we're all excited uh, um i'm gonna start my uh, stopwatch here so i know how long i'm talking for um so between the last time we talked um penn state didn't have a defensive coordinator um if you pay attention to the message boards and things like that I don't know if this was the defensive coordinator certain people thought that we were going to get, but overall, I think I am pretty pleased with the hiring of Manny Diaz, and here's why. When I think about the 2016 and 17 teams, and I think about maybe what's potentially missing from Penn State, and you're probably not going to like this, Steve. I feel like there isn't a swagger there there is a lack of chutzpah or a lack of kind of middle finger to the air this is how we're going to do it and 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 to me this is the first hiring that james franklin has had the opportunity to make where he can go we're going to get somebody with a little bit of an edge to him and I think we kind of maybe sort of saw that with the Mike Yurcich hire a year ago, but I think this hire is really like, 
one of those hires that you make when you're like, all right, I, I need a little something extra, extra. I need a little something, something. And I think to me, this is a great hire. I, at first, I was a little off put by some of the defensive numbers at Miami. I was going through them, um, but I was only looking at the higher level, like the yardage and the, the points allowed. I wasn't paying attention to tackles for lost sacks, things like that. I didn't realize that. The other thing that I, I is I've kind of sort of thought it through in my head we've we've entered uh, you when you when you were hiring a somebody that was a head coach who's got so much more on his plate versus now he can just focus on the defense and i think that's going to make a big difference when you have a defensive coordinator that has head coaching experience that can be franklin's go-to gut check man but also can just focus on the defense and only worry about the defense and i think that will help penn state down the long run i mean that being said it's not like i've I've had any really issue real issues with the defense over the last however many years even even in the very early on james franklin era i I didn't really ever have a problem with it um and i guess some of that is just because brent pry had been around for so long um but i i I think it i think it's a good hire steve oh i think it's it's a good hire for for a lot of reasons I guess I haven't thought about the swagger. And I don't know that that, I don't think swagger bothers me. I think swagger without context bothers me, right? Like know the room. Like if, if you're trailing by three touchdowns and, and you stop, some kid drops a pass in front of you, don't get up and like swipe your arms like you're the one who made the play. Like know the room. There, there's a difference between that swagger and whatever else. Um, I think it's a good hire from a, from a bigger picture in terms of, of the comfort level of the coach to hire a former head coach, a recently dis- displaced head coach who's not going to be here. This is not Manny Diaz's yeah. last stop by any means, right? So Coach Franklin's comfortable enough to hire somebody who's fairly well-respected, going to be looking for another job someday, so he doesn't feel threatened by it. It's clearly, it's clearly Coach Franklin's program. Not that there was any doubt, but I think something like this shows that a little bit. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know if defense has been – I don't think I've had any issues with it. I think continuity will be a concern in some ways, but you still have you still have Poindexter there. You still have the players that are going to come back, whichever ones do come back back. Um, no, I think this is something that keeps them from hopefully having, a, as a fan, having a drop-off in terms of, of performance and, and might allow them to continue and, and light a separate fire, provide some motivation and context that, that keeps prevents any drop-off and, and from happening. I mean, and if your stitch is the – if Yursich is like, oh, this is the next, this is the offensive addition of a coach who has some 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 proven chops. Again, injuries hurt them this year, obviously at the quarterback position. But I think Yursich would probably not point to this as his best year as a coordinator in terms of what happened. So, so maybe they're in good shape. Maybe defense stays, gets along, gets better, and, and that the offense with the quarterback back and and Yursich in the second year is is even better, or what we thought it was going to be with all the love that was getting from the media before the season started this past year. Yeah. I think, I think the other thing with the Manny Diaz hire that I like about it, this is weird. And really, I think it's uh, superficial in a lot of ways, but you look at other programs that have succeeded in the last, however many years, and anytime that they've had a big position of, of between the two main coordinators, they've gone out and hired You've seen a lot of successful programs go hire a, a former head coach at Alabama being 
the one, I mean, the list of people that they've hired over the however many years for their offensive coordinator position is, is insane. And I think, I think James Franklin's game management has, has been for the most part fine. I think it's going to be helpful to have somebody else who has been in the exact same situation. And that is no whatever to Brent Pry. I think Brent Pry did an excellent job. We know for a fact that those two were very close, James Franklin and Brent Pry. But I think there is just something different because you you know your situation that situation that you've been in. So you can you can help that way. I think that's going to be the biggest thing that I think you'll see from this. I, I'm also excited, you know, from the standpoint of, again, like, again, super, very superficial, but name recognition, having somebody like a Manny Diaz on your staff, having, you know, that kind of gravitating point is, is great. Also, it's great that he's got a lot of Florida connections still, just in case anything does happen Cider, who, who probably very well could power five school relatively soon if he really wanted to be. Um, so overall, like I, I think maybe you know there were other options out there. I know Elijah Robinson was 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 talked about, and I know that that was a very popular bequest from from kind of Penn Staters because a lot of people seem to think eventually he might could be yeah a Penn State football head coach and is kind of on that trajectory trajectory um but i think in terms of the way franklin handled this i think this is the best hire right now that he could make now could we could you open up the crystal ball and penn state's defense sucks next year and and then come back to this podcast and be like what a bunch of idiots it is right now I, I really do think that manny diaz was a good hire yeah i, I don't think i don't you could have other people you thought were going to get it and would have liked, but I think that the, at the end of the day, this is not someone you can complain about in terms of, of what they were going to do. The, the only nitpicky thing I even had, and this is from a media standpoint, uh, Coach Coach Franklin, I think, was asked in the news conference uh, around the bowl game, maybe it was the follow-up bowl game, about, oh, it was, was Coach Diaz always on that short list you talk about having in your drawer or whatever else? And, of course, Frank's, oh, yeah, like, well, I've got a short list of people always on – Bull, he was just fired two weeks yeah, beforehand. Yeah, I don't buy that one. So shame on the media member for asking that question and shame on Franklin for perpetuating it. Like, no, this was one of the best guys in the country who came available because of his situation, and we had the ability and flexibility to jump on him and hire him. That's a good story. The whole BS about, oh, yeah, I opened the right-hand drawer of my desk where I keep all my potential people that in case something goes wrong, and he was on it. I don't buy that at all, but I think it's a good hire. Unless it's like a like a Harry Potter map or something like that, and it it, it like appeared well, as soon as Manny Diaz like got fired, his name appeared right, at the top of the list, and everything else just dropped down. Yeah, there maybe that's that's what it was. No, I, 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 I agree with that. Um, I, I do want to chat briefly about the, the Manny Diaz press conference because I watched all of it. I thought it was rather interesting. Um, I I. I think he brought up a really interesting and fascinating point about, and this will parlay into National Signing Day a little bit, but kind of the way the coaching carousel is now, the the coaching carousel kind of has to happen a lot sooner. And so now he's going to get two weeks of practice, basically, 
under his belt, not as the defensive coordinator, but as, as experienced to, to learn these players. Yeah, sure. Some of, some of them are going to leave. Some of them are going to go, but at the same time, like that, the little things like that really can add up because then you can start building the relationship earlier. And I thought that was an interesting point that he brought up. Um, the other thing that was interesting was a question that wasn't asked. And again, I'm sure, sorry if I'm going to trigger you, Steve. Nobody asked about the turnover chain. And I, I, I think people have a right to know if, if there will be a turnover chain. Like it, it, whether, it, it, whether you want it or not, like I think it's a very legitimately fair question. I think in, in the world of soft questions, that would have been wonderful and funny and, and good. And what are, your, what are your plans for a turnover chain or something like it here? Have you thought about that yet, right? And, and it's, it's going to get a good response. It's going to build a relationship. And, and that and relationships are the first part of the question, right? You get to see in those couple of weeks of practice, it's one thing to come in after practices end and sit in a boardroom and say, hey, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we structure our periods. This is what's going on. This is how we're going to switch. This is what our transitions look like. And there's a lot of shared languages and stuff that, that certainly makes, makes sense and doesn't, doesn't make it hard. But I think seeing two weeks of, okay, this is how they do this. This is the body language of a couple of kids who are going to get back, that, that, that are going to be back that I'm going to see. These are a couple of kids they don't like. I wonder why. And they're coming back. Maybe I can ask about that. What are you not seeing this kid? What am I seeing in this kid? So no, I think that stuff is invaluable in the first part of it. And I do think the second part of it should have been asked. I mean, sometimes the obvious is just so obvious that people ignore it or they feel it's frivolous. And that, that response from a media standpoint, that question response from a media point would have been the most viewed and liked and requested mm-hmm. little video answer that anybody could have fed on their, on their feed if somebody would have asked it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's a really good point. Like I didn't even think about it from that perspective either. Um, but that would have been the most talked about thing, whether they wanted it. Well, Right. Media doesn't set the agenda, but whether they wanted it out there or not, you know, I think would have been talked about. Um, and I do know, I do want to recognize it. And Audrey brought up a good point on Twitter the other day about this. Um, when they were doing the Mike Yursich uh, press conference for the Bull Media, they only got about 20 minutes with them and they weren't able, they were pretty much cut off at 20 minutes. So they weren't able to ask all of the questions. And a lot of the times it, it would be nice to hear from the defensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator, maybe not after every game, but occasionally to, to kind of maybe, you know, twice during the season really. And and they do hear from them a little bit, but they're only going to talk about that in game, that, that week's game. Like it would be nice to have a couple more checks, milestone check-in type things. Um, and I think that was kind of, for lack of a better term, shitty that, that, that Penn State's media didn't get to ask, you know, some questions to make yours a true. I think did, as I said, did a great job or didn't do a great job, but did a, a good job given the cards that he was dealt this year, but certainly could have been better. And he addressed that. And I think that was one of the things that kind of sort of as a fan fired me up out of the press conference was like, I'm going to be here and I'm going to get this right. Or I'm going to die trying was basically his quote. Though that's exactly what you should say. Even if, even if you don't actually like, lose that type of sleep like that's the little swagger things that Penn State I feel like has been missing and now that hopefully you can get some continuity with having an offensive coordinator further on further on for you know two years in a row uh, more than two years in a row I guess would would really benefit the whole program oh I agree I agree I mean I think I think that part of the swagger works and that confidence and that 
and there's a tough line, I guess. And I, and I know coaches, you know, try to self-edit or try to figure out what they're saying and, and think about how it's playing, which I, I think if they were just themselves, it, it would play out even better. Um, but I do think that I'm going to get it right or die trying mentality works. And I think the more interaction as a program you can offer with those coaches in the media, I'm sorry, I appreciate they're busy. I think they have, they have a lot to do. 40 minutes wouldn't kill you. Ask 10 more minutes, won't whatever. And it's anymore, it's all on Zoom. So you're not asking people to leave anywhere or travel anywhere. This is the most self-contained, easy half hour of interaction ever. And you do not have a strong media contingent that's going to question and beat up and whatever else. You're just giving them more chances to talk, toss out soft questions. They're going to make them feel like they have a relationship with the coach. They're going to prevent them from being critical when the time comes anyway. So mm-hmm. go 10 more minutes. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, that's a really, well, that's actually a really good point. Just because before it used to be, okay, you work for Patriot news. You have to drive from Harrisburg to state college on Tuesday, then Wednesday. And then you're up there on Saturday for the game. Now, now that all of this is done over zoom, like I, I think people would, would be engaged. I think fans would appreciate hearing from these people more often. You know, I think, especially with somebody like a Mike Yersich, who in a lot of ways has been brought on as kind of the savior of the offense, going to, going to make the offense explode. Didn't really get that. Not trying to be too critical, but didn't get that. And then here we are like, what? like you got 20 minutes. That's, that's it's, it's not, it's not fair to Penn state's media to only get 20 minutes. It's probably not fair to the coach. Also, you're right. Like I, to me, if you are, a part of Penn state football program, uh, really a part of any coaching staff. It's part, it should be part of the job that you spend X amount of time with the media, because in the same way of reporting on government, obviously reporting on government far more serious than reporting on sports, but reporting on, on sports, you kind of sort of need to break down that barrier, have that transparency. It's, it's all important. And I, I think sometimes when you don't get that, um, it's, it can be frustrating. Yeah, and it's not even, I mean, it's not even transparency. It's just access. Yeah, you know, so Somebody yeah. would complain about it not being in person and not enough access, and I get that. But it's not even chance. It, it's just, it, if you toss some people out there on a fairly regular basis, and, and I think they do a good job with, with the players, student-athletes, pick the term, whatever. But I think tossing out a couple other people every once in a while makes people say, oh, they're giving me some access. That's great. They're letting me see some. The transparency is only as truthful as the person on the other end of the other end of the line answering mm-hmm. the question, you know. So I, it's not like you have to open the doors up and show them the whole everything you got. It's just like okay, let's talk a little bit, and then they feel like they've crafted some kind of relationship, which, you know, they probably may or may not have, and it's certainly tough for over Zoom. But I, yeah, I, I never get. I don't. I I always think, you know, that that more isn't necessarily better. Better is better, but if you could just a few more minutes with people, those kind of things each week, you'd be great. Or even, you know, twice a year for your coordinators, because they'll have them preseason, right? They'll have them blue right. white, they'll have them preseason. Um, toss them out there once in the middle of the season to give the coach a break, or at least to compliment the coach or say the coach is going to do, not going to do the in-person thing on Wednesday. It's going to be the coordinators this week on Wednesday or whatever. Yeah. Else, right. And I, don't know, there's, I think there's solutions um, that, that are a win for everybody all the way. Um, very important question, Steve. Steve, if you had to make a turnover chain for Penn State University, what would your turnover chain be? I have not, I, I'm going to come up with an answer on the spot. So I haven't thought about this. 
It's going to have to have the chipmunk logo on it, right? Like that's, is that what you, it's, it's a big gold chain with the chipmunk logo or is that too simple? I feel like that's too boring. Like, I like I could, ju- I could just go buy one of those. Like, like the, the, yeah, remember, I, remember the, the second iteration of the, the turnover chain had 305 on it. It was not just the U logo. It was, it was like 305, the, of course, the area what code. Was of the Miami. Lawn boys? Was there a lawn? What was the, Was there a cha- an ornament with that? Yeah, it was. A, it just said Lawn Boys on it, but it was. Okay. It was still something different. Um, certainly, certain former fo- football coaches probably would be rolling over in their grave at that. Um, I'm trying to think. I, like yeah, a lot I of people that's threw. A great, God, that's a great thing for the collegiate or onward state, right? Like, give us your submit your designs, and let's do a poll on which one you like better. Again, it's the topic that would come out of that, and it's what people would interested in or at least talk about i'm thinking like what if it's not necessarily like a turnover chain but it's a giant you know the giant ice cream scoop in the creamery Mm -hmm. it's like something like that and you get to like you know scoop some ice cream out of a giant cooler or something there's there's a there's a branding opportunity yeah exactly they could partner with the creamery that'd be great there we go that's that's my idea this is a giant ice cream scoop not bad. All right. Um, let's talk about other weird random things. Not really weird random, um, but related to Penn State football. Recruiting signing day, early signing day was last Wednesday. Um, I, 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 if, if it's still going back and forth on whether I like this early signing day or don't like this early signing day, um, I can understand how it is a mess from the coaching perspective but it does make me feel a little safer as a fan that your recruitment is is two months shorter basically so then there's not two months of of you leaving or potentially leaving so there's that um but overall i see a lot of people have this type of take and i, I want to see if you have it do you feel like signing day is overhyped or is it or are there certain years that you should be hyped about it I think it's been overhyped for a while. Like, I mean, I mean, it's just different now. Everybody, and that's partially a function of us, like the the the, the profession we're in, right? I we at, at in Penn State, we're educating generations, past decade or so, people whose job it is to create social media content and figure out how to hype stuff and figure out how to brand stuff and do whatever else. And that's what it's all about. I mean, everybody, every player that's there that, that they announced last week is wearing the Penn State uniform in the picture they sent out, right? Because they did that when they were here in their official visit, gave them a uniform to wear and did all that. So there's a whole, there's a whole industry of internal recruiting public, public, public publicity and promotion that, I don't know, I guess it's necessary. You're not going to get the kids if you don't do those things because everybody does them. But it's been overhyped forever, it feels like. Even when it was later, it was about people who hadn't done anything yet for you um, and, and it didn't really matter because they weren't going to play on a Saturday for you for a while yet. Um, but it's gotten more just because you can't, you can't do less than what everybody else is doing right now. I mean, that's the arms race. There's an arms race of facilities and there's the arms race of, of social media and promotion and how much we love our, our kids we're signing. So it feels like too much to me. It's weird that, that it may feel too much to you because right. It should be in your wheelhouse of stuff. Yeah. Like old and tired and cynical of it. So far, I, I'm waiting for the kids to show up and play on Saturday. Uh, yeah, yeah I, it's it's. I think I go back. The reason I go back and forth on this is there are certain years of recruiting class that you just know 
okay, most of these kids I will not see for another really two years actually directly making an impact. Yeah, I might see them when you're up 45 nothing in the, the fourth quarter of a game. But to actually, like Sean Clifford is the perfect example. Sean Clifford's first throw was a 97-yard touchdown pass. First career Penn State throw was, was that. And then we didn't see anything of him for another really two seasons season and a half and to me that's where i balk at it a little bit but then you have a and see i don't know if this is just me falling into the trap but then you have a a class like you have this one where you've got a nick singleton and a drew alar and um that danny deny sutton all three of those guys could very well play next year and to me, that's where you get excited about it, and it's it's okay to get excited about it. But then, like I said, you, you, you kind of go back and forth on it. I think there are certain years that it's just – I'm just like, this is – we're just doing this to make the kids feel good, and then we're, we're, we're going to forget about this guy in, in three years. I always think – so when, when I was at Penn State, when I was the president of Nittanyville, I got to read one of the picks on, on signing day. And my, my pick was Alex Barbier. I think he went to Liberty. I think he transferred and went to Liberty. I, like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I was so excited about that at Liberty. Um, so it, it, it's tough. It's tough. Um, I think outside of maybe, I think one of the coolest signing day experiences though, was when Kevin Given signed with Penn state because it was an Altoona person. I'm sure for you, you know, anytime somebody from Williamsport, right. You're, were you a millionaire? Yep, that was about as big. A, no, I wasn't, but that was our skull. That was where anybody was that came to Penn right. State was going to play at. Right. right. Um, so, you know, I think that's big. But again, I don't know. So, I, my take on uh, on signing day is this: certain years it can be overblown. Certain years it, it's it's done upright. Um, from so where the, was this year? The the done upright. I think. Okay. I think from the professional Darian side i do enjoy the content that is put out on signing day like i look at the content that's put out and i'm like my god i wish i could think that creatively sometimes like the notre dame videos were great um either clemson one of the orange schools clemson or texas had one and they literally like had like this cool graphic and video of you walking forward and then as you walk forward basically the uniform came up and over you and you were in the uniform then it, it was pretty neat um so you know things like that to me I, I enjoy it from that perspective um i, I mean from the recruiting standpoint we went and visited football like so the, the belisario college has one recruiter one person whose job it is to like once kids have applied to penn state help try to seal a deal that kind of stuff we went and visited football to figure out what they do and how they can do it and what we can replicate. We realize they're like 18 times the size of our one person and there's not much we can do. And they're only recruiting 25 and we need a class of 400. Um, but there was stuff we learned. I mean, some stuff that we thought we could steal and were aspirational from or, or appropriate at an academic level. So I think that's cool. And I respect the people who have those jobs, right? That's great that, that they're employed and they do it. It's just a little bit like, I don't think I'm seeing Drew. If, if we see Drew on the field next year, I guess that's good, but now that, that that Clifford's back, like, is it good? So it's just an interesting thing, and I'm excited for the excitement of both the program. I think that's a great thing. So I think it's good. It's just I, I 
don't expect to see any of those guys anytime soon, so I don't get too caught up in it. I will say, and I wrote about this earlier in the week, I do feel like this class is one of those classes that you bank a lot on, um, given how high it is, what's, what and who is in the class. Um, it, was, it was nice to see, I think it was six out of the top 10 guys, according to 24-7, um, we're from Pennsylvania. And I think that goes back to the, I think James Franklin a little bit has gotten away from the dominate the state thing. He hasn't really said it much, but it would be nice to kind of sort of not have to say it and just do it. And I think a little bit of that is what he, he did there from that perspective. Um, but yeah, no, I, it, those were my signing day thoughts. I just, I just wanted to ramble about those for a little bit. Good work. Thank you. Um, all right. The other thing I want to ramble about, and then we'll, we'll get to the or old guy, guy, but we have to discuss. Um, Urban Meyer, he thought it was a good idea to kick a kicker in the legs. That's I, I, I just think about that sentence for five minutes. I've, I've woken up my dog. I'm pounding on my chair that hard. And how fathom unfathomably stupid that is. Like. It, 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 this isn't even college. It's, it's it's professionals. Like if if you went to your boss, Steve, and punched punched your boss, or your boss punched you, both of you, one of you would be fired. Like I, I don't know. And you know what? It happened. He got fired. So I don't know. It's just, yeah, I, I just it was. I think it was Dan Orlovsky on ESPN the day after whatever else. He just talked about him being a bad dude. And, and I think he is like, I think it's just one of those things. I think it's one of those we've talked before about coaches and, and, and how, how they're, how the media like defers to them and treats them. And, and we get that, right. I mean, I, not that you know, we get that. We don't agree. We get that. We get that all the time, everywhere. The coach is the face of the program. Pick your sport, college football, college basketball, generally for men. And unless they're really go off the reservation and they're crazy, like, you know, uh, Bobby Knight, like they're going to, they're going to keep having jobs. And even Bobby Knight kept getting jobs. But I, I, Urban Meyer does not strike me as a, as a good guy. I think he, he bullied and was successful and did whatever else. And the college, this is one of those reasons, traditionally why college coach, coaches don't do well in the NFL because they expect to be the man, unquestionable, and they're not working with professional athletes. And, and the athletes have gotten much more power in the past decade than they ever had before. Um, and I think he was just, he was, it was just clear that he was, overmatched and in the wrong position and not respected and you know start to finish from not going home with the team and then up at the bar with the woman to whatever else like it was just a plan for like you know that that movie how to lose a guy in 10 days it's like how to lose an nfl job in 13 weeks like he just he played it to perfection if that was what he wanted to do which i'm sure it wasn't um, it was i'm so glad and hope he doesn't get paid and I, and I don't have any desire to see him anytime soon on a sideline or tv sorry you can go now no, 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 you're very fired up there. You were very fired up there. Um, I, you know, I, my thing with it was like, we all wanted it to be a disaster, unless like, like unless you you were probably an Ohio State fan. I'm sure they probably like, yeah, go, go Urban. I don't think there was really anybody in the country that was rooting for him. And my God, it was better than better than what we expected it to be. That was the That's best true. part about it. That's really That's been true. the best part about it. Um, yeah. so I like, thought he was going to make a season, right? Not 13 games. I, I thought he was going to make a season. 
and you just kind of sort of have to feel bad for like the people that do care about the Jaguars um, because it, you, you lost another year. You, like you lost the year of Trevor Lawrence's career. You know, you, you really, you're going to have to reset again. I don't know what that franchise needs, but man, was it, it, it was it just enjoyable? So thank yeah, you. That, yes. Yeah. And I, and I think you're right about the fans down there. I mean, that's a decent market. Like that's a, People like their football down there, right? You know, Jacksonville's a good football city. You know, the town hosted the Super Bowl, albeit they had to put people on cruise ships because they didn't have enough hotels in town or they did at the time. But it's still a good football town, and, and they're getting this. Um, so hopefully they find somebody that, that gives them a chance to have some leadership and, and be a decent football team sooner rather than later because I, I think they do deserve a little better, but I also believe that Urban Meyer's getting what he deserves too. Yeah. I think you really just approached it as – I'm going to approach this like I'm a college coach and it can probably work as a college coach, especially when you're as successful as him. It can't work when you've got, got, what is it? $200 million of, of assets to deal with, you know, um, it, it doesn't work like that. Nope. He proved that well though. That was good. Yeah, that's good. Good for him. Proud of him. Um, all right, Steve, are you, uh, did you, did you do your homework? Are you going to work? Have- you have I have a list? list of five. I have a bigger okay. list than that, but I have a list of five. Oh, you have a bigger list. We'll, we'll go on and we'll mention last. Um, all right. This week on the podcast on Old Guy, Guy, I asked Steve to prepare a list of top five Christmas movies. I think we actually did this last year. So I'm probably sure if somebody wanted to go listen to that episode and then listen back, you might get the same. Um, so my number five that I hadn't watched in like 10 years and I watched it this year and I forgot how perfect of a movie it is and how I would not change a single thing about it is Die Hard. It's such a great movie. That's a very good movie. And, it should, and I do believe it's a Christmas movie. So I think that's a good choice. Not my your, number five. Not on my your, list. Um, well, I knew I, I forgot okay. we did this. I'm old. I forgot we did this. And, and so the top of my list skews older, but number five is The Santa Claus. I oh, think, you know, love that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. So I think we just watched that one. Yep. The reason I asked is we 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 plan out a list of Christmas movies, like the the last football December in terms of Christmas movies, and we're getting down to like the important stuff on the list, and and so some of these we haven't hit, some of them we have. Um, My number four movie uh, is Christmas Vacation. I, I think again just a movie that I laugh at the whole time. Um, really the, the Christmas bonus scene when he, when he gets the, the jelly of the month thing, it, it, it just really tugs at your heartstrings. Cause I've been there. Um, and that's, uh, that's all I can say about that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I laugh so hard at that movie, especially in the, the, the whole car scene. This is tears tears yeah and, I, and i'm a big chevy chase fan um uh, but that also is in my next five i have home alone at number four mm, okay Hello, I, whatever else. I mean i like, I like home I like, alone I, I go back and forth on i i enjoy it as a movie i just i don't know sometimes i'm just like it's one of those movies as we my wife and i discuss one of those movies that had cell phones existed problem solved so many problems solved well, and I think filmmakers are doing that any, anymore with a lot of, not 
a lot, all, but a lot of times they'll do that. They'll go back to a period where the cell phones didn't exist to be able to tell the story because otherwise that solves the yeah. problem and yeah. the movie. Yeah. So you might as well do a period piece and, and just avoid it. All right. My number three movie is, is a little bit off of the list of, of Christmas classics. It's a relatively newer movie. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it's called The Night Before, and it features Seth Rogen and um, not Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the other the other guy. Uh, God, hold on. I got to Google it. it. It is a comedy about this them trying to get into this party. Um, it's kind of got the whole like Seth Rogen universe of, of, of characters in it. Um, James Franco shows up in it. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's who I was thinking of. Um, there's a long story short, Mindy Kaling's in it. Um, there's a couple other people in it and very long story short, they're just trying to get into this party. All this hijinks happens into on the way to the party. Um, not not suitable for children very not suitable for children but absolutely hilarious so I, I, re- I recommend that one i have not seen it um although joseph gordon levitt big fan anything that he touches i think is good seth rogan depending on what it is james franco god never um which is tough because he and he and seth rogan kind of come together i know a lot yeah so it's kind of always when i watch one of those it's kind of tough one without the other i won't spoil um, it but he has a minor role in it so like still watch the movie that's good yeah that's still worth watching that's good um I had Elf at number three. Um, just I was trying to think of stuff like that that, were, that I can't watch every year. Because if you'd have done the top five like claymation specials, like I, those I could pound out right away. Movies had to think about a little bit, but like those yeah, I, I, Snoopy is not on this list for me because nope. it's it's a, not a movie; it's a special. Um, right. Yep. But I, yeah, those have their own category. It's like the year without a Santa Claus and all that yeah. stuff. That's other stuff. So, but Elf at number three. Okay. Um, my number two is Love Actually. Billy Mac. Greatest singer of of a generation. Um, I, I really like that movie. I, I think it's a good movie. Um, I get cracked. Uh, I, I I laugh every time. the The two times I've thrown thrown through Heathrow and you've seen the international arrival gates, I always like make the joke as we walk by. Um, so there's that. Uh, yeah. So enjoy that. What What is? That's a good choice. I'm curious about, and I didn't have this one on my list. Where's the love actually in the holiday? What do you think of the holiday? Not on my uh, list right now, but I'm just curious because it made me think they, they the holiday is the one with uh, Cameron Diaz and and Kate Winslet. Yeah, right? they switch places, right? Literally, I'm gonna get yelled at for us, but literally one of my least favorite Christmas movies. Uh, my wife loves the movie, has to watch it. I think it is the most boring movie I have ever watched. Um, don't really understand it. Don't get it. Uh, just it's. Just, it's just like we're gonna go back and forth. We're gonna go back and forth between two people and try to tell this story, and the story is really not that interesting. Okay, that's fair. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe not fair for you. I'm not telling you that. I mean, I had on my next list just the little endearing, the little endearing songwriter or screenwriter guy that gets you. He, he is know. the only good character in that movie. Even Jack Black is who was in that movie. I don't know if I enjoy, it, but um, that the old guy is is very very enjoyable. Well, I don't remember what we did. We did this, these last year, but I was thinking this was old guy, young guy segment. So I went. I'm now old for number two and number one. So number two for me is like the 1947 miracle on 34th Street, right? Like okay. they come in and they dump, they dump the dump the postal service stuff off in the in the courtroom and say if the postal service believes he's Santa, he's Santa. So yeah, I think I've only ever seen it maybe twice, and each time I've just kind of like. Hmm. 
you can't watch it because it's in black and white. You're you're over because it's in black and white to begin with. I think it, 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 I think it probably stunts my opinion on it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number one is Elf. I think it is. It, it's probably in my top. It, it, not probably. It is in my top ten of all time movies. I think it is generally one of the funniest movies ever written. Um, I don't know how they filmed that movie because they must have just been laughing the whole time. Like it, it must have been impossible. We just, we just, um, our youth group this past week, uh, they they would show the scene. They would show the scene on the screen, and then when we would go reenact it. So they had like indoor snowballs. So there was an indoor snowball fight, right? They showed the snowball fight in such a park. We're going to do that. Um, and then they also had the, the spaghetti and the candy. Like, so they, they showed the kids the scene and then they came out and they were like, we had plates of spaghetti that they could put syrup on and mushrooms and whatever else. And they were encouraged to eat with their hands. So, um, and I was shocked by how many, I thought we did it. I'm like, hey, all the guys will do this. And like four girls, like everybody, everybody participated. So I was impressed by that. Um, and I, 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 I don't, Sometimes I don't like it, but I've grown to love it, obviously. I like it more because it's in my top five. My number one, just going old school, is, is Wonderful Life. Um, the kids for Christmas a couple of years ago, the State Theater plays it, like this week. So that was my mm. birthday present one year, was actually seeing it on a big screen with them. It's hokey. It's whatever. Um, but it's it's fun. It works for me because I'm that whatever. Is it just because you're from Pennsylvania and Jimmy Stewart is also from Pennsylvania? Is that... No, because I don't know that I knew he was from, from Indiana until till late. No, it's it's you know all the and I get tired tropes of whatever and. If but that was like the, back then. That there were we didn't have those tropes back then when that movie came well, out. Right, and I and I yeah, and I'm a big believer in. I do think a little like that. If you're not here, there's some there's something that's not happening, right? You know. Yeah. Now, if you're a jerk yeah. of a person, there's probably something that's not happening that shouldn't. But if you're a good person, there's probably something that isn't happening that should. Um, so I do like that piece of the story there's parts of it the more it watches obviously the more it's stated but still a nice little piece of tradition all right um you got anything else to add about christmas movies anything no i gotta catch up when you asked me this there's a bunch of stuff we haven't seen and i've got like a couple days so we'll we'll see now that my youtube tv is working again and espn is talking i can turn it back on i meant to ask is they came to an agreement did they come to an agreement or came to an agreement and the price price is not going up so i don't know I would love to see some real reporting on what the issue was, right? Like it's usually money. So if they can still do it and the price hasn't gone up, what's going to change? Because that just doesn't make any, yeah. sense, make any sense. I thought we were going to be crawling back to Comcast because um, they're not quite the bargain they were before. Um, it was initially saving us like uh, 50 bucks a month, 60 bucks a month by doing it. Now it's like 30. Um, but I'm still good with saving that for a little while until I have to change back. People were very, uh, very upset about it, which especially this time of year, like the, this is one of the true times of the year where you have cable TV that like it, it kind of pays to have cable TV with all the bull games. Um, and so I could understand why somebody in your position, you were one of the first people that I thought about that. was like, I think Steve has YouTube TV. Now, the good like, thing is Penn State's not playing until like, you know, yeah. First, so I had time. if it was this week, I could read, I could do whatever else. Um, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could read uh-huh. get the oil lamp out and read right like yeah sure tell me more grandpa all right yeah. um well steve i hope you have a good christmas i, I think i think you you won't get a lump of cool this year at least not for me this has been another episode of the stuff summer says podcast with steve
Um, let's see. There's two squirrels chasing each other up a tree. Um, I'm just narrating it. What's going on? David, the squirrels near you gotten fat yet? The squirrels near us are very fat. Our fence goes pretty far back, so you can't see them. So I don't know. Like we see our, we have the deer in our backyards. So I haven't seen how big the squirrels have gotten. Uh, squirrels are quite large. Um, anyways, we'll probably have one more episode before the bull game next week. Um, and other than that, um, my Christmas wish to you is for you to like our podcast, rate our podcast. I heard Spotify, where I think a lot of people do listen to this podcast, is going to finally start coming out with the like five star rating. Use that button. So we would appreciate the five star rating. That we've got an email. It's stuff summer says podcast at gmail.com. Um, my Twitter handle is at stuff summer says. Yours is? Steve. At Steve uh, I forgot your name. Um, other than that, it's all right. It's all right. Um, it's Monday. Uh, have a good Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you.